I didn't know this was gonna traumatize my balls. He never said anything about it, but my balls look like fucking Gorbachev's forehead. What up, what up, what up? I'm your boy Seth Grimes. Welcome to the debut episode of Live to Tape my brand new podcast, which is just going to sort of be a form of therapy for me. You know, it's just going to kind of be my my uh, audio journal, if you will, a place to kind of just let my stream of consciousness reach the ether, get out there into the world. And, uh, you know, if I'm talking to a brick wall and nobody's listening, that's fine because it's it's healthy for me. To be able to just kind of vent on things. Um, But if you are listening, welcome. I appreciate you. I'm happy that you're here. And uh, I hope you learn more about me, but uh, also about yourself, you know. Uh, I hope to have a lot of deep personal discussions. A lot of deep philosophical discussions. A lot of just random thoughts. Sometimes some angry rants. Um... Just kind of thoughts and opinions on everything in the world, you know, my, uh, like I said, my sort of audio journal, if you will. So this is the first episode. Uh, I'm also going to be jumping back into the pro wrestling podcast podcast. And I know I said podcast twice. That's the point. It's supposed to be redundant, but I'm going to be doing that as well. That's where I take clips from all the best of the weekly pro wrestling podcasts that are out there. There's hundreds of them. I'll be the hundred and one-th, thousands of them even. I'll be the thousands and one-ths. But with this podcast, we're going to, instead of talking about the wrestling, we're going to talk about the the, the wrestling podcast. Uh, it ran for about a half a year, and then uh, it kind of hit a brick wall. Just to be flat out honest with you, it was depression. Um, you know, it's... We'll get into a lot of that. I'm not going to kind of burden you with that on the first episode. But, uh, you know, depression's been something I think uh, certainly I've been struggling with. But I think all of us have. I don't know too many people that are just kind of living their best life right now. I think people are just getting through, trying to find a way to get through. And, uh, yeah, shit just got heavy. I was dating a girl for a little bit. And shit got wacky there, and I just kind of got out of it, and I got out of doing the podcast, and I got out of doing a lot of things. I got really unmotivated in life in general. You know, it's uh, it's affected, uh, It's you know, I've gained weight from it, um, you know, I have poor performance at work because I don't want to be there. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to get too, too heavy with you here, but... It's something I've been struggling with and, and kind of trying to work through. And it, like I said, it has affected podcasts that I've done in the past and things like that. But this is sort of my stake in the ground that I'm getting back into it, you know. Um, because if you're not living, you're dying. And I can't just just work and and then sit on the couch, you know what I mean? You got to go out and you got to live life a little bit. So that's what I'm trying to do here. Trying to get back out there in the world. A lot of shit popping. Um, I don't want to get too heavy into that at the top here. Because it'll just kind of sound like a bunch of plugs. But I got a lot of projects I'm working on. I'm excited about. So we'll chat with you about that. Um, but kind of the big thing I wanted to talk about today was I recently just had a surgery. I had um, hernia surgery. I had three hernias. Three of them fuckers. I didn't even know what a hernia was necessarily for uh, the longest time. Like, I kind of had an idea. Like, I knew it was something like, you know, they always say, oh, don't get a hernia when you're trying to lift something heavy or whatever. But I always thought it was like kind of like a pull, or I guess I knew a herniated disc was like a bulge of some kind or like sticking out of the, you know, where the disc tissue sticks out of the spine. My hernias were not spinal. They were, um, at least that I'm aware of, who knows. Um, I had one in my stomach, and then 
one on each like where the balls drop where your testiculars you know you see there's a boy and then there's girls boys have a penis and girls have a vagina unless you're into like you know we don't want to get into the whole spectrum of things that'll be a good conversation for another day but in general if you're a boy you have nuts that drop right we can all agree on that at the very least so those canals sometimes can uh they're 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 weak as it was described to me by the doctor and it allows for sometimes tissue to not tissue but like intestines or whatever it's gross you don't really we're gonna get gross here by the way it's gonna get a little graphic so maybe not the, the best episode to listen to if you're squeamish but uh welcome to the show welcome to me well you know <laughs> hi how you doing let's get into some personal shit but um anyway so it all kind of started um you know like the belly hernia i think it happened after i had an appendix surgery about six seven years ago i was getting like appendicitis and uh, went into the hospital and uh, after that i had like this lump scar like they went in through my belly button and i had like a lump there after and i always just thought it was just like somehow the way the scar tissue formed underneath like after they went in it kind of like bulked together there but what in actuality happened was I think when they went in to do the surgery, it created a weakness, maybe when I was healing, and it, it just bulged right out, either that or it bulged out, and he just, I don't know, but it happened from then, because I always thought it was a scar from that. I don't know when I got the other ones, um, but I went in for my physical this year, you know, like right at the beginning of the year, I uh, went in for a physical, and... The doctor's like, does the whole, all right, drop your pants, which is always awkward. You know, my doctor will at least, he'll be like, well, there's no real good way to say this. You know, we're just going to have to get real familiar <laughs> with each other. So I'm going to need you to just drop your shit. Just stand in front of him like he's ready to just suck you off. You know what I mean? Like you just drop trial and just be like, here we go. Um and he he does the the kind of cough, you know. He doesn't grab your balls when you cough. Like I think they always kind of play, you know, uh, uh, they squeeze your balls and then cough. Um, but he did. He kind of like poked around and he felt like in the pelvis area, like he did the right, and he was just like okay. And then he did the left, and then he made me do the left again, and then a third time, and he's just like okay. So you got a hernia there. And I was like motherfucker, what? And. uh he asked me if it hurt or anything. I said, no, it doesn't hurt. Um, but he, so he basically told me, he's like, well, it's never going to go away. So it's always going to be like that at the very least. He's like, if it doesn't hurt now, it can start to hurt, but it might not. You know, it may never bother me ever again, um, or it could get worse over time. He's like, you know, uh, it's never going to get better. At the very least, it's either going to stay this way or worse. And he said, because you're so young, it's highly likely that at some point it'll bother me. So he said, but it's up to you, you know, what you want to do with it. If you want to see a surgeon, you know, I'll write you a referral. So fast forward to, and this is another story we'll get into maybe somewhere down the line, but um, I was preparing to lose my job back in like, well, here in February, actually, because there was the whole that whole mandate thing. Um, I'm not going to get political on this show, but I'll save that for somewhere else, somewhere down the way. But, you know, I wasn't going to get the vaccine. So um, they were going to fire me, basically. So uh, I was preparing for that. I was, like, going to lose my job over it, you know. And uh, so I figured I needed to get all my shit taken care of before that happens and I don't have insurance, right? And then, uh, you know, there was another sign. There was somebody on my Facebook feed who was kind of, he made a post about, uh, finally, I'm able to get uh, surgery on my hernias. He said, I've been living in pain for years and or for a year or whatever he said. I don't know. But it was all kind of like, hey, motherfucker, you should probably get this taken care of, even though, and I'd get little, like, 
pings here and there, like little, almost felt like a rubber band snapping and then like numbness. It was really weird. I don't know if something like a nerve was getting pinched off every once in a while from the hernia. But I finally decided like, okay, well, I'm going to get this taken care of then. So what I did was I told the doctor, I called the doctor back and I told him like, hey, bro, uh, I want to get this in ASAP because I was out shoveling and I aggravated it and now I'm in pain. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I did go shovel, but I didn't aggravate it. But I wanted to create a sense of urgency so that they didn't just schedule me for surgery in like May or something when I wasn't going to have a fucking job at, in February. So I wanted to get it done ASAP. And, and unfortunately, there was, uh, was, they were able to streamline it pretty quick. Got to go, I got to, I went to go meet with, I got to, I'm so lucky I got to go meet with the fucking surgeon. And uh, <laughs> he did the same thing. He's just like, all right, drop trowel. I was like, really? We're just going to, he's just like, yep, no good way to do this. You know, <laughs> let's just uh, make friends right away. So you just drop your pants and he gets right up in there and did the same thing the doctor did. And he's like, all right. And he apparently the he has a magical access to all my medical records, you know? So he's like, you know, I was looking at a MRI you had, and I don't know if that was from my appendix or I don't know when the fuck I had an MRI. It's like, but it looks like you might have another one on the right side. He's like, it's hard to tell. And he kind of pitched me two options. He's like, you can go about this two ways, right? Cause, cause he also confirmed like the belly, the bump on the belly scar was uh, a hernia. So he's like, we can go about this two ways. We can go in through your stomach, and then we can knock out that belly hernia. And then I can also be able to see from there if you have that third hernia on the right side. It's like, or I can go in through like your pelvis area and just take care of that left hernia. You know, because I told him like the belly button I've had for years and it's never hurt. I always thought it was a scar. So he's like, well... You should probably get it taken care of because you're young. He's like, you know, you don't have to. He's like, you know, you can always, we can always do this again sometime, <laughs> you know. But <sighs> obviously, if you're gonna get cut open and shit, you might as well like not put one off, especially when you know you have another one. It's like, well, it's not bothering me, so you can cut me open to take care of one hernia, but I'll just live with this other one. Like, what's the point, right? So I was like, all right, let's do just do the belly gimmick. So he schedules it. I'm able to get in fairly quick. Uh, I was kind of surprised the, the scheduler called me and said that I needed somebody there with me. I don't know if this is just secretly because, like, I might die while I'm there getting surgery and they need somebody that can, like, tell. Or, they, you know, they said it was just to give me a ride home, but it, they, they had to be there the whole time. They couldn't just, like, show up or whatever. Maybe it was just because they didn't want to have to sit and babysit me all doped up after the surgery. I don't know. But where I live, I don't have... I got friends and shit, but I don't have... I'm not going to ask a friend to take a day off of work to sit in the hospital and just do nothing and wait for me to get out of surgery. That's a, that's a huge ask for any friend, you know. That's got to be, like, family shit. And I don't have any family where I'm at. You know, I moved to this area by myself. Closest thing I got to family is my two kids, which aren't old enough to drive yet. Um, or, you know, my ex-wife, which it's also, like, okay, that's a big favorite ask of an ex-wife. But I did call it in. I called in that favor. Um, I asked my ex-wife if she would... Uh, sit at the hospital with me, take a day off of work, and she agreed to, because she's cool like that. So, uh, we got the appointment scheduled. I had to go in, uh, prior to that and take a blood test and a COVID test. This was my second COVID test I've gotten. The first one was like, they're both swabs in the nose, but the first one was like a small little like q-tip basically and they just kind of went around like the inner rim of my nose like barely just swabbed the inside of it 
And and I was like, I always heard these they stick these things up in your brain and stuff. So I'm like, nope, just this little blah, blah. But when I went to the hospital to get this test, they fucking rammed it up there. So I'm like almost sneezing on her and stuff. I'm like twitching and like suffering. And she's like, I know, I know. Just give me a minute. <laughs> and uh, that sucked. It was no fun. So but I got all that taken care of and I went in for the day of surgery. Now, this was only my second surgery ever. I don't even really go to the hospital for much ever. For some reason, I get kind of at peace in the hospital or like a sense of comfort. <clears throat> I don't know if it's like a weird Stockholm thing, but like I, I have vivid memories of having my appendix out being just like, I don't know. Like I fond memories of that time, like just being laid up in the hospital, watching movies on the TV. Uh, I think that was the first time I watched like Captain America, civil war or something like that. Sorry, I'm just drinking my bang, my bang peach mango. I'm not going to edit that out either because this is live to tape. And the gimmick is, is just I don't want to edit <laughs> anything. Because the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast is a lot of editing. Like, it's a pain in the ass because I not only got to edit. So, like, I'll do a clip of a podcast. So I got to edit. I got to cut that clip perfectly, you know, trim it to where I want the clip that I want to select. And then I got to... Then I got to like record and then edit and clean up my parts to where I talk about each of those segments. You know, like if I do take a sip or cough or fuck up or something, I'll cut that out and then I'll go in and like try to clean it and stuff like, and it just, I got like little transition noises and music and it's a, it's a whole big production, right? It's a pain in the ass. So live to tape, you know, just like the cover, it's a piece of paper, you know, with a mixtape on it. This is just, just me spitballing here. So we're going to leave that in. And that was a sidebar. And this whole sidebar would have been cut out of a more well-produced podcast. But we're going to leave it in because fuck it. So I've always kind of been comfortable for some reason at the hospital. So I go in just chill as can be. I'm not nervous. You know, I always like, I guess I feel like I'm in good hands there or just don't care <laughs> what the outcome is, you know, I'm just like, whatever, you know, like I, I block it out. I don't worry about, you know, is it going to hurt after? Am I going to be in pain? Is it going to suck? Am I this? And I just go in. I did have one fear is when I had my appendix out, when they give you the anesthesia and they knock you out, if you've ever had it or not, they put a breathing tube down your throat and I don't know if I woke up early with the appendix gimmick or they just didn't take the tube out early enough and then they were just, you know, just lollygagging with it or something. But I woke up and I had the tube and then I had a panic attack immediately. I felt like, um, like I was on an alien spaceship. Like if you ever see the movie fire in the sky and the dude wakes up on the table and he's got aliens around him and then they put that like stretchy shit over him to chill him out and shove goop in his mouth this was like that but not like that at all so yeah i woke up and i'm just freaking out because i got this shit down my throat i'm having trouble breathing i'm like gasping for air because i'm trying to breathe on my own now and this fucking thing whatever the tube's doing they had to pull it out and it took a while to like kind of calm me down and get me like back to reality so to speak so I, I told them that before they knocked me out. I was like, hey, this is what happened last time. And they, they kind of looked at me. They're like, you woke up and you still had the tube in your mouth? Like, clearly, like, that was either a mistake on the doctor's end or I woke up too early or both. Because it just, the way that they said it, it should have never happened. So I'm like, nope, don't worry about that. We'll take good care of you. It'll be like, you, you know, you, you're never going to know anything. So I go in. They bring me in. Um... They make me, you know, strip naked and put on the sheet with the butt hanging out. It's funny, too, because I had two nurses, and God bless nurses, man. 
they were so great. They were so kind and so gentle and sweet and friendly and calming. They were kind of just joking around with me and stuff. And I'm like, don't worry, we're not going to look at your butt. And I'm like walking backwards still. And then they're kind of laughing about it. They're like, hey, you're still walking backwards. They're like, we're not going to look at your butt. Don't worry about it. We're used to it. We're nurses. We see it all the time. I'm like, I know. But... So, yeah, I get in, get in the gown. And they give you these cool little socks, too. They're like the bounce house socks where you, they got, like, the grippies on the feet. So you don't, like, slide on the floor while you're walking or something. I don't know. You just put all your clothes in a bag and they stuff it under the table. And then they wheel your bed table out to the fucking surgery room or whatever. And I remember... I remember the doctor saying we're going to, you know, I talked to the, there were the two nurses. They walked me through kind of what was going to happen. Then the doctor came in, the surgeon, and then the anesthesiologist came in. And uh, they told me they were going to give me the IV. They gave me the IV. I remember getting the needle stuck in me. And then... I don't remember jack shit after that. I remember, like, being wheeled out. Like, I remember, like, I remember them moving the curtain. Like, all these rooms were just, have, like, a curtain in front of them, blocking them off from all the other rooms. They weren't, like, doors. I think it's probably just for quick, because they're, like, prep rooms, probably. You know, they go in there, they take your blood pressure, your blood samples, they give you your IVs, they get you all prepped and naked and shaved and whatever the fuck they got to do to you. And then they wheel you out. So it's probably just for easy access. But I, I vaguely remember being wheeled out and, like, going down the hall a little bit. And I was fucking gone. Gone, gone. And then I woke up. And I woke up like like a nap. Like, you wake up from sleeping and you're tired. And it was just like, eh. And then you, I woke up nice and calm and relaxed. And here I am. And didn't feel a whole lot of nothing. I was pretty doped up still. And they basically said, you're all done, you're ready to go. And they they had me get up, and, and it, that hurt like a bitch. It hurt so bad to get up. And then I'm a puss-puss when it comes to painkillers and drugs. Like, I've never been a... <laughs> Some people that listen to this might be surprised, because, you know, I hung out with a lot of the, the druggy crowd in high school and stuff like that. And, like, I've always been an avid, like, weed smoker and that kind of stuff, but... Real drugs, like painkillers, like hard shit. I've never been able to do that kind of stuff. Um, it, I got nauseous immediately, and they're like, they kind of, they're like, well, I wish you would have told us that because we could have given you medicine for nausea, where this wouldn't be a problem. So now here I am, like puking. They give me this bucket, and I'm apologizing to them. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you got it, because. They're two nurses, and they're younger. They're about my age, so it's like I'm not not like I'm trying to mac on them or, or impress them or anything, but I'm not trying to, like, puke my guts out in front of them either. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not the best way to, I don't know, just not something I want to do. So I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm peeing. They're like, no, no, geez, let it out, let it out now. And I was worried I was going to rip my stitches open because I'm, like, heaving, like, dry heaving you know like because they, they don't you don't eat or drink anything before you go in so there's nothing to puke up i'm just just like Bleh. they gave me a little sip of water they even commented i puked up like black stuff like you're like why is it black one of the nurses asked the other i never heard an answer i don't know if she i don't know what the fuck that was all about but that's probably too much information for you but uh the devil I was possessed by the devil so it was, it was hard. They had to, like, get me to a wheelchair, I think. I don't remember if I got wheelchaired out or if I got walked out. I, I, I imagine I was wheelchaired out. And then I just got into the car with my ex. I can't, honestly don't remember. I don't really remember the car ride home. I don't remember just talking to her or anything. I remember vaguely, like, being there. And, like, the first thing I did, I got home and just crawled in bed. And, and and fucking went to sleep. Um, my ex actually went and got my prescription for me. And then she got the kids and brought them over so that they could, like, you know, take out the garbage and change the cat litter and feed the cat. And, like, do all the bending and 
lifting and squatting and stuff that I can't do. So everybody was great. Everybody helped out a lot. I was very, uh, very humbled to have people, you know, like my kids and my ex be so helpful and, and caring, I guess, and willing to, to do that for me, you know, to be there for me. Um, and then, so like I slept that whole day, the whole rest of the day. Cause I was done by like two o'clock. I was home in bed by like two 30. I do remember noting the time and realizing how much time went by. Cause I went in like in the morning and like I said, I felt like I just fell asleep. So it was like, like I was out for hours, you know, like they, they were really doing a number on me. Um, unless I was just in, like in recovery or whatever, but. Apparently what they do in the surgery is they go in and they find those hernias and then they, they just kind of, which are just basically like bulges of like intestine or whatever, breaking through like weak spots in the muscle tissue or like through the, where the testes drop and stuff. So I think I had the one in the belly burst through when my appendix was taken out because that was weak at that time because it was cut open to get to. So maybe it must have pushed through in the healing there. The other two just fell through my ball holes. So somewhere along the way, I strained too hard or did something. I don't fucking know. They go in and they, they do that, and then they sew up the weak spots, you know, like they patch up the holes, basically. And then they put, like, a mesh in. And I actually read about that online, you know. I was kind of Googling this stuff, see what, see what I'd be looking at. And a lot of them said, don't get the mesh because there's complications later. But so I asked the surgeon about that. And I was like, hey, you know, I was Googling the Internet and uh, the Internet told me not to use the mesh. I was like, I know I shouldn't just trust Google, but that's what it told me. And he's just like, well, not really. You know, he basically said, like, I guess it can happen, but that was more with, like, the older types of mesh, and, like, he'd been doing it with mesh for years and haven't had a problem. And and likely he can do it either way, he said, but it's likely that I'll have, you know, like, even if he sews those up, it's more potential for them to reoccur. But if the mesh is in place, it's going to hold them, and they're, they're not likely to reoccur at that point, so... Um, it's possible still, but not likely. And, uh, yeah, so that's how he spent his day. They, like, do three incisions in my belly, like the mid-belly, and then they did one in the belly button. And apparently, like, what they do is he said they, like, will send a camera down in there, and then they do, like, he'll blow it up, like he blows air into it or gas into it or something. And that's supposed to, like, puff it open so that the camera can see around. It's, it sounds so weird, like, the body, you know what I mean? Like, well, we're going to cut you open. We're going to shove a camera down in there. We're going to blow you up, blow some air in there so that it'll expand so that we can see around. And I had to ask him, too, you know, I was like, hey, I got kind of a, you know, like, a, I'm chubby. So is that going to affect anything? He said no. He's, actually, he said it'll make it a little bit easier. He finds it to be easier on, on, on bigger people. So so I slept the whole rest of that day, like the whole day. My kids came by. I barely remember them being there. I slept till morning, woke up, got right into my pills because I was in fucking pain. Once the drugs wore off, the meds from the hospital, I was in some serious pain, like fucking feeling it. And I couldn't move. Like just to get up, roll over and go to the bath, like go walk five feet to the bathroom was impossible. It was so hard. Like I had, I had read that you'd be pretty, you know, in a lot of pain and stuff, but I, I mean, I had no idea how laid up I would be. I never really thought it through. I just kind of thought, like, this is something I should get done before it becomes a problem, or I can't, don't have the insurance to do it. But, yeah, that whole first day, I slept. The whole second day, I was hitting the pills hard. He gave me oxycodone, and, man, I was loving those fucking things. Like I said, I don't do painkillers well. 
I was loving those oxycodones. Like, I'll enjoy. Like, I remember that with my appendix too. They gave me morphine, a morphine drip while I, I actually spent the night in the hospital there. This was like a outpatient, you know, I was in and out the same day. But um, the, I remember the morphine drip. I oh, like you get that, you almost feel it immediately, and you're just like, woo. You fucking love that shit, right? Like, if I take, like, a half of Vicodin, like, I grew up in high school watching set fucking 75-pound girls eat two or three Vicodins and just be good to go. I can't even handle a half of Vicodin. I'll get all pukey and shit. But for some reason, they were getting me on this oxycodone here, and I was just fucking loving it. I was still in pain, but it was like... It's an opiate, so it numbs you. Like, you feel, like, I could tell I was in pain. I could feel the pain, but, like, you don't feel the pain at the same time. You know, it just kind of numbs you to it. Like, you know, it's there. It doesn't make it go away, but it almost, you're non-responsive to it, right? So, same with emotional pain, by the way. It just numbs you completely. I get why people do those. I really do. I honestly, like, I did, um, as a matter of fact... Uh, it was a short prescription. It was big. it was really honestly all I needed. Like he had it numbered perfect, you know. But uh, I, by the time I got to that last one, I was sad. Like I wanted more, you know. Like I legit was craving more. Like they're addicting that quick opiates, you know. So I absolutely understand how people get hooked on things like that because I could have kept doing those every day, you know pop one at night to relax and then you start taking one during the day you know the night one's not enough and then you take one in the it just you know becomes a problem so luckily they ran out and like you know after that day you know after i was jonesing a little bit you know i didn't have a craving the next day or anything but those pills held me together because i was in some serious pain that whole next day i slept basically all day uh, the times I was up, you know, I'd get up. I got caught up on a lot of TV shows and movies and stuff. I watched, um, oh, I'm blanking on it now. Well, I did watch Squid Game during that, but that's not the one I was thinking of. I watched another show during that time. I watched a few different shows while I was laid up. I'm blanking on them now, so forgive me. But I did finally get to Squid Game. That's one I was kind of putting off for a while because it was so overhyped and whatever, but I actually really liked it. Oh, there was the uh, the girl next door or girl across the street from the girl and the woman across the street from the girl in the window type, whatever the fuck. The show on Netflix with Kristen Bell, that was pretty sick. Um, I liked it. Uh, there was one other show I watched too. So I watched a lot of like TV my cat, I got a, I got a cat for Christmas. His name is Goose, uh, named after the Flurkin who eats the Tesseract and Captain Marvel and scratches out Nick Fury's eyeball. Yeah, so Goose, he, he was great. He, like, curled up next to me the whole time. You know, he was my buddy. He sat, basically. He hung out with me the whole time. Like, he'd go run around and play for a little bit, get food or whatever, but... For the most part, he came and just spent time with me and kept me company. Like, he knew I was hurt or sick or something. Like, so he was there to just help me heal. And I, it's weird that animals have that sense, but it was definitely, he was, he was, he was with me the whole time. And I don't do a lot of couch potatoing either. So maybe it was that, that he was just like, you know, if you're just chilling all day, I'll chill with you. But, I don't do a lot of the sit and binge watch TV and stuff, so did that. Um, didn't shower for a few days. Had this like wrap on. They put this like it was almost like a spank, you know, was, like those spanks that chicks wear to like give them that hourglass look where their boobs are big and their waist is big, but their belly's small. Um, they had like a wrap around it. I didn't even touch that for three days. You know, I think they said I could take it off right away, but, and I was good to shower as soon as the next day. But I was like almost afraid, like my, you know, the whole, like all my guts would fall out or something like that. So just left everything in. I didn't want to cause any extra trauma until I was starting to feel a little bit better. 
And it took those first, through those first few days, like once the oxycodone ran out, that's when I started to feel better. I was still in pain, but I was still starting to feel like you could get out of bed a little. Like, man, just the littlest things, like rolling over, standing up, going to pee. Like, impossible, impossible. But little by little, I was able to kind of get my movement back. I'm still in pain, still now. It's been... It's been like a week and a half, almost two weeks now. My belly's sore in certain spots, but just kind of like uh, like if you get punched in the gut really hard or like, I, I don't know. It's just like, like cramps maybe. But yeah it's like i can't i still like i'm not gonna i don't i haven't been to the gym or anything i don't bend really fast like i still kind of go bend really slow to make sure that i don't kind of like pop anything or whatever you know i don't lift anything heavy i don't make any fast movements so i'm just starting to not walk like an old man now um but i can kind of resume normal life at this point you know, I'm, I'm pretty moving pretty regularly now, but it took a while to get to that point. Like my guts were toast, man. Like there's three, four holes in my belly. Like, and it's not the most major thing in the world, but it, I was sure as fuck laid up. So that was my journey for the, those couple weeks, you know, and I took the day of the surgery off of work and then the next two days. And I figured I'd be okay to go back to work, like, remote after that. Like, I can at least sit in front of a computer. But I couldn't. I, I had to call in sick. The two, both two, it was, uh, my surgery was on a Monday. I took the Thursday and Friday off, too, because I couldn't sit. Like, and even if I could sit, like, I was in pain still. So I couldn't, like, concentrate on actual work. And I couldn't sit in a chair. Like, my options were stand or lay. Like, I had to be kind of, like... I couldn't bend, you know, like that, that's, that's the tender spot where it was all, and my balls, dude, like, not only, like, my stomach was black and blue, like, around the three holes, it's all purple and gross, the belly button all the way down is purple and gross, it was worse than that, the first couple of days were purple and yellow and greens in there and just, just it was like all the blood just pooled in my fat and my belly and just fucking all there but i didn't know it it went down to my balls dude like my balls were all swollen <laughs> i told you we we're gonna get graphic here you can cover your ears if you like but my balls were just my balls were swollen and like tender so you had to like watch the way you walk and stuff and then like they they have this giant like purple blood bruise streak too I didn't know this was going to traumatize my balls. He never said anything about it, but my balls look like fucking Gorbachev's forehead. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a rough week, but Goose has been keeping me company and uh, rough two weeks. You know, Goose has had my back. My kids have had my back. Um, and I'm bouncing back. And while I'm bouncing back, and I'll also say, like, in the depths of surgical pain and being immobile and basically useless and, you know, buried in, in oxycodone pills and just all high as fuck, the depression was really rough during that, you know, like it was at an all-time peak, you know. But I'm starting to, now that I'm starting to feel better, and get all my movement back. I'm starting to get my motivation back too. And you know, that's part of the reason why we're here doing this now. I'm starting to get that that swagger back a little bit. Gotta get my ass back in the gym once I can actually like move freely again. You know, I could probably go start walking, I guess. I could start walking the treadmill, but I can't do anything crazy yet. Um, you know, the internet had said that I'd be laid up for about four weeks until I was back to normal. Um, I think the doctor said about the same. He said for the first week, I wouldn't even be able to put my socks on. 
And he said after that, it'll kind of slowly come back, and that's about exactly what it took. You know, after the spout through the first week, you know, by like Saturday, Sunday, I could start to bend over and kind of put my socks on and stuff. But God, was it rough. And God, did I feel like a bum. But I'm recovering now. I'm healthy. I ain't got to worry about them anymore. It's all covered. I got a giant doctor bill from it, too. Uh, hospital bill, whatever you want to call it. Like, even with insurance, man, that shit is ridiculous. Like, I'm, I'm not even going to tell you how much it is, but it's it's enough to knock you on your ass for sure. Like, it's like the whole medical industry, man. It's like, I'll just go die then, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I can't afford that. Either that or it's... you. At this point, it's just fictitious money. Like, student loans. Student loans are fictitious money, right? Like, fuck paying those things back. Like, you make payments on them or whatever, but, like, that money's not real. You know what I mean? Never was. Medical bills are like that. You know, you they fucking... I worked in medical billing for a little bit, so I, I can tell you, dude. They'll charge you, like, five bucks for a Band-Aid. You know what I mean? Like... I even, like, I remember them asking me if I needed anything, any, you know, more pain medication before I left the hospital, and I said, nope. So the doctor wrote me a prescription. He said, yep. And I said, I'll wait till I get home because I'm not paying for another anything here. You know what I mean? Because the bill's big enough. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, it was something that needed to get taken care of, and... <sighs> Uh, money is not real anyway to a certain extent it is you know people have money problems they get buried in money money is a game changer for sure but you almost gotta can't look at those big medical bills and feel like the weight of the world's falling down and you just gotta kind of go it is what it is i'll pay him if i can when i can and i'm alive fuck him <laughs> you know so it's kind of where i'm at with it but uh that was my experience there, and uh, it was good to have my kitty cat with me. He's been my best friend for a while now, so since I got him for Christmas, so I'm excited to uh, continue that journey as well. He likes to jump up on the table and on like the kitchen counters. He's just he's learned how to get up on the counters and stuff now, and uh, he doesn't listen like at all. Like he's the sweetest, most lovable most playful like he's totally like a lap dog right like just a total best friend kitty but he's stubborn as all fuck like if he wants to get into something or go somewhere or whatever like you're not gonna stop him or tell him no like you can say get down get down get down get down you know no get out of there he doesn't he'll he'll look at you like huh what What's that? I can't hear you. And he just, he'll just keep doing what he's doing till you stand up. And once you stand up, and he's like, oh, shit, shit, shit. And he'll run. He'll book it. Like, oh, I'm in trouble. I got to get off of here. You know what I mean? It's like, so you clearly know you're causing trouble. Don't fucking tell me, like, oh, I didn't know. It was just up here, and I didn't know what you were yelling about. What you're, why are you telling me to get down? He knows. But he's still adorable, and I love him. He's very cuddly. Uh, he sleeps at my feet at night, and when my alarm clock goes off in the morning for work or whatever, he'll, like, instantly pop up, and he'll come, like, purring and laying by my head and, like, giving me kisses. And, like, you know, he's, like, first one there to wake me up every morning. You know, we have this little cuddle session and pet session before... I get out of bed, so that's always fun, too. That's all I got, really, here for the first episode, live to tape. I just wanted to kind of cover that journey of my surgery. And that's what this is going to be. It's not going to be the tale of all of my surgeries or the Too Much Information podcast or anything like that, but it's going to be... It's just my audio journal, man. I'm just going to talk about shit. I'm talking, this is my life spot. This is where I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in life. And uh, maybe some bigger worldly picture type thing. But 
this is just kind of my space, you know, like, like my space, but not, you know, this is just for me. So I'll have the pro wrestling podcast. Uh, me and my buddy Dusty are going to be doing a kind of a current events political type podcast. Um, so I'm not going to do a lot of that kind of stuff here either. I'll keep those opinions over there where people that want to hear them can listen to them. You know, I don't think you'll be coming here for that. This is just for me. This is just my place to be me and talk about me stuff. So if you listened all the way here to the end, I appreciate you and uh, thank you. And and I'm going to do this once a week and I hope that you join me on my journey. We're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. You know, it's not just going to be me, 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 me either necessarily. Um, you know, some of it will be as like a journal entry, you know, depending on what my day is, but other times we'll, we'll get into some philosophical type shit, you know, we'll get into some deep conversations and have some fun here. Um, I wanted to do some plugs now that we're at the end here. Um, if you could just bear with me and check out, uh, I got a book, it's called the gathering, a bold journey into the belly of the juggalo underworld. It's about a guy who used to be a fan of Insane Clown Posse and a Juggalo and all that and kind of grew up and fell out of it and became a kind of a, a, a boring, miserable, grumpy, shitty adult and uh, some way, somehow life has caused him to end up having to go back to one more gathering. And so it's kind of that journey from the perspective of of kind of the lapsed, jaded fan into the festivals and that kind of stuff, the drug culture, all of that. Um, that's available on Amazon in paperback. It's available on Kindle if you're a tablet reader. It's also available on Audible. So I have the full audiobook. Honestly, I recommend if you're a hardcover or a hard copy person, I recommend the paperback, obviously. But, um, you know, if you're just and you'll take any of them, go audiobook, bro. I got this awesome uh, narrator, Henry Schrader. He's so much better than I ever could have asked for. He took the book to the new to a new level. You know, it's it took on a life of its own and, and became way bigger than I ever could have made it just by having somebody else voice it who with his talent you know it's pro level quality reading for sure um i'm also in the nft game uh, you can check out my uh nft collection uh it's at uh cryptomania you can search that on openc.io openc is where the cool kids buy the nfts and we have a collection, it's called Cryptomania. They're pro wrestling inspired NFTs. Right now we currently have the uh, Wrestle Pals collection. They're sort of like uh, digital action figures slash Funko Pops slash trading cards of loosely inspired by professional wrestlers. And when I say loosely inspired, I mean like Brett the Hitman Hart has diamonds on his tights instead of hearts on his tights and we've changed it so it's not a copyright infringement anymore but basically that's it um but yeah fun stuff like that and uh we got a new project that's ready to drop anytime now here it's gonna be um it's done we're waiting on coinbase to launch their nft platform some of you have just kind of zoned out by now, so I won't go too deep into the NFT stuff. But maybe one that'll be a topic of another conversation. But just know that we got them, and they're wrestling-themed, and you can check those out. Um, on TikTok, at Seth Grimes Media, I'm going to be trying to do more over there as well. Uh, obviously on Twitter, at Seth Grimes Media. Facebook, at Seth Grimes Media. YouTube, Slash United Underworld Media. That's the brand. Uh, that's where I have not only new stuff that I'm going to be doing, but all the old like concerts and stuff like that is there as well. Old music, old podcasts, um, especially even here below on the podcast feed where you're seeing this. Uh, if you're on podcast land, if you're on YouTube, uh, it should be here on YouTube as well, but you can find them all in the podcast feed. 
a full back catalog of all my old podcasts. The Pro Wrestling Podcast won't be on this feed. It'll be on its own separate feed. And uh, the current event slash political show will be on its own feed as well. But everything just me related, all my back catalog stuff, all my reviews that I'm going to be doing and have done in this podcast, as well as like any other time I want to just pop on and do something cool. Um, it's going to be on the uh, Seth Grimes Media podcast feed, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you like your podcast stuff. And uh, I actually have the first chapter of the audiobook is available on the podcast feed and on YouTube. So if you want to sample the book to see if it's something you might have interest in buying or just see what my writing style is like, check out the whole first chapter uninterrupted and uh i think that covers it it covers all the plugs so if you're still sitting here listening through the plugs lots of shit coming and um i hope that i can just kind of make it through this depression through these clouds through these tough times that we're in and just kind of have another run you know make another boom period of just great content being dropped out there and uh, just be prolific with content and and live that good life and i hope you guys do too i love uh doing this and i appreciate anybody that took the time to listen so thank you peace love and pizza i'm seth grimes later